0: All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Tech Niche Tips. Uh, Here we have an amazing guest. Yes, another amazing guest here with me. He has been an instrumental part of my, I would say, introduction to the world of sales development representatives. And I really am happy to have him with us. His name is Elijah. And he's going to tell a little bit more about his story as he's an account executive and working in the med tech field. And again, I'm so happy to have him on with us. So please bring to the, please welcome me <laughs> as I bring to the stage here, Elijah. Elijah, it's so good to hey. see you,
1: my friend. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: This is, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I had a... Yes, of course. I'm gonna have a full disclosure for the people that are watching. I had a long day, did a lot of (laughs) overviews (laughs) back to back. And for us, that means a lot of documentation. But I wouldn't have gotten those without this man's instruction. Like he gave me step by step, you know, value props and other questions to ask. ask. And so I was just really, really, really growing in my space and in my field. And it's because of this guy right here. So I I wanna kind of remind everyone about how we normally do these conversations and basically how they are done is this way. We start from the boots, which is symbolic of the journey, and we're going all the way to the brain, which is symbolic of the mentality that you need to have to get where Elijah has been. So without further ado, I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to ask Elijah to just tell us about the beginning because
1: it's a very good place to start. Yeah, man, sticking back to my, my sales career. I've been in it for a very long time. Fresh out of college, my first job was working at Spectrum. And growing up my entire life, I hated being on the phone. So of course, my first job out of college was being in a call center. Uh, So my main objective there was really getting out of my comfort zone, ensuring that I'm challenging myself as often as possible so I can grow. So that was a great opportunity for me. But after a while, you know, being in a call center, is kind of boring. They will see me at my desk, staring at the ceiling, talking to people, right, like bored out of my mind, same conversations. So my, my father was actually able to get me a, a job at Staples as a, a supervisor for the EasyTech department. So I went there, jumped on a leap of faith at the end of the day, switched over from Spectrum, getting good money, over to Staples, where I was making a, a low low amount per hour. And my whole thought track there was like, hey, I can get into leadership early. Um, I think I was around 22 at that point. I can work hard. I can prove myself. And I was able to, uh, I think, produce the store's highest month in week uh, within the store's history. And I was able to get it promoted within three months to a sales manager. So at that point, <clears throat> great experience for me. Kind of ran into the same things as well. It's like, hey, do I want to be in a store for an all day? no do i want to break down boxes more often no uh so it was funny i was actually on linkedin and the vp of toshiba um reached out to me and said hey how much are you making at at staples right now i let him know my salary and at that point i thought i was making the most money ever i was ecstatic when i had a a $42,000 salary i thought i was a millionaire right excited about that Uh, he said i can match that salary plus give you commission So at that point, I I really threw out all my gray shirts at Staples, got very excited about being in outside sales. And my first sales call in outside sales, business to business selling copiers at Toshiba, which is not a great industry, um, very competitive. But I went to a law office, fresh out of training. I had probably 10 generic questions to ask. I sit down. My point of contact that I bring in as like an SME, a subject matter expert, he's having a, f- a full conversation regarding copiers and how they've evolved over the last 10, 15 years. Really just an easy flowing conversation showing that he has a lot of experience. I looked down at my sheet and it was a super generic question. And I was super, I was embarrassed. I was very embarrassed to the point where after that meeting, I went into my car, <clears throat> called my mom and I was like, I'm not sure if sales is it for me. Like, I'm not good at it. Like These people are having conversations. I don't even understand the lingo. I don't understand how to run a type of conversation like that, how to get next steps, how to negotiate. Like This is a, a guy that's running a, a law practice. Who am I? Fresh out of college to try to sell him something, right? So like that was my big, I don't want to say hesitation, um, but that was just my big internal fear that I had to get over. Stop doubting myself and just make sure that I grind and I work as hard as I possibly can, right? Um, it's similar to something I've heard growing up being in sports is focus on the journey. You, you can't sit here and worry about the end results, especially being in sales. But if you put your head down each and every day, you work hard, things will kind of work out in your favor over the course of time. The more that you cut corners, that's when it's going to really eat at you and, and bite you in the in the butt, for, for lack of a better term. So that's really it. Um, <clears throat> being at Toshiba was fantastic. Ended up moving down to Charlotte because I, I hated being in upstate New York anymore. I'm from Albany, so I was tired of the snow, the school in Buffalo. but I moved down to Charlotte, I actually joined a, a family-owned practice and um, did very well there as well, selling copiers and plotters to AEC customers, architects, engineers, and contractors. And um, once I left that company, as, as you can see, there's a theme here, I was able to get hired at right before the pandemic. Uh, is a unified communications company. And I was able to get stock. When I was hired, the stock price was around $70. We went through the pandemic, we all did very well sales wise, but the, the stock price went up from 70 up to $140, no, I'm sorry, $420 per share. So we were able to have a, a pretty good windfall to help me move out of my old house, my now Airbnb into a new property um, in November, 2020 so really just taking everything in stride and i was able to get recruited over to Freisha, uh to start selling in healthcare i.t and since then my, my head's been down working
0: Hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get Through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for?
1: I took 10, but that's it. My mouth dropped. I'm still thinking about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm
0: like, <laughs> like, wait a second. You just said it shot up from it was from $70 to, 400 to $420. And $420? Yeah. Yes. If you're watching this, can you imagine? Could you imagine the opportunities that are in tech? The fact that you're just doing your job and you decided get, you, get, you get hired from a company and you literally have a situation like the one that Elijah was in. Come on, man. Yeah, that is that is amazing. That is something else. I'm like, whoo. <laughs> Lordy, Lord knows. Now, I want to go back and peel the onion back. So you, wait, let's go back a little bit. You said, you said that you were at working for another company, making more, but you decided to go to Staples. And you decided to do that because of the ca- career trajectory. Is that what I'm getting?
1: Is that correct? Yes, yes, 100%. I wanted to have leadership in my title. I've mm. always wanted to be a leader. i played sports my entire life. I'd rather be the person like helping people and coaching Mm -hmm. people up as opposed to sitting in the back and like depending on somebody else to be successful. So I I was very excited about the opportunity, it was great. I had a lot of people that I worked with that I would like to think I made a positive impact on their lives. Just over time, it came to be, okay, I'm a sales manager, how much upward mobility will I have in this role being a sales manager, running a, how much do they make, right? Asking those type of questions. How how long have they been in those companies to get to that point? Fifteen years. I don't want to be here fifteen years, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what I consider. I always talk to people that have been there for a while, because if you don't if you don't do that, you'll be in like kind of a rat wheel, running over and over, staying in the same place. Even at the company, I, I won't. I promise, I won't jump ahead too much more. But at that company in Charlotte, same thing, right? I worked with people there. I'm like, wow, you're twenty years older than me. You've been here for more than 10, 15 years. We're in the same role. And I was like, well, I'm not staying here. I know I'm not gonna be here for 10 years. I know that because it's not what I wanna do for 10 years. I wanna take every opportunity to move up. And I think people, especially of our background, you have to be proactive in searching and hunting for better opportunities because you can be very comfortable. I told you before, I was making 42. I was like, oh my God, out of college. I'm like, wow, you have blessed me, right? Get to the point now, I'm like, what? No, it's crazy. But it's just over time. Because I looked around and I said, all right, I'll go here. And you just keep jumping. That's how you move up the majority mm. of
0: the time. Attack. Did you hear it? You, guys, did you hear what he just said? That is how you have to be hunting. You have to be hunting for that opportunity. And this is really good. And that's why I wanted to backtrack because it's so easy for us, especially people of color, because that's a large majority of my audience that we get complacent you know we kind of say this is how it's been for us for how many periods of time and it might be our family it might be people that we know and we say this is it but we never take the opportunity to kind of do the research to find to hunt like elijah said for the other opportunity on the other side you know they say the grass is greener on the other side well in this case with tech it actually is true the grass is sometimes greener on the other side but we have to do the hunting to find it that's so good that's so good so if you are in a place where you feel like you're good you're solid think again maybe you are maybe you're not but you definitely want to pursue pursue excellence pursue greater so let's keep talking this conversation is getting really good so um, again you got into that point where you were and where you were kind of like, man, I feel like I'm dealing with imposter syndrome. I, if you don't mind me saying that, do you feel like you were dealing with that when you were talking with the subject matter expert? To those who don't know, subject matter expert to us is a sales engineer, right? Right, right. So, right. so you're you're with that subject matter expert. They're talking to the to the client. You're like, this sounds like another language. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you can you dive into imposter syndrome and how to overcome that? Because you definitely did, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's once again, having that self-belief. I think it did take me talking to my mom, you know, that's part of the story Mm -hmm. where I sat in the car. I'm like, wow, I'm not good at this. What in the world? And she was the person like, Hey, first job, I mean, first time on a job, it's okay. You'll learn. Right. And I had to take a step back to say, all right, I've been in this role for X amount of time. Right. He's been here for 10 years. I'm not going to be there after three weeks of training, like give myself some grace. I think that's something where for me, it's been more difficult to do that because I put so much pressure on myself to do well, to show well on every single call, to put my best foot forward on internal calls, emails, customer facing for so many years. It's kind of like built up a, a wall almost, right? I don't want to fail. So like that's something where I sit back. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And there are times even to this day I'm still very hard on myself. I had a couple calls today. I'm like, why did I say that? Why did I? I know I shouldn't have went there. I, I, I overspoke. Um, but for me, once again, having that experience has opened my eyes to say, wow, I don't know it all. Because I was so confident. Going from Staples, when I left Staples, I'm like, I'm the best sales manager that ever has graced the earth. I am the best. I was 23 years old, full of confidence. Full of it. And I sat down. I was like, wow, I thought I was really good, but I have no value to add to this conversation. I think that was the humbling moment. okay, How can I get better? And I think after that. You know, those dummy books, like uh, copy your sales for dummy, like little stuff, you know, small things like that. Read up on it. Try to understand the industry, understand the lingo, Okay, listen to more calls, ask more questions internally, and be a sponge. Because a lot of the times, every job that I've went to, there hasn't been that many people that raise their hand like, hey, Joe, let's hop on a call. Like, I got you. Let's, let's take an hour if you need it. Or as, as much as you possibly need, right? That normally isn't like that. So you have to fish information from people. But you have to be aggressive internally to like say, hey Joe, yeah, 30 minutes in your calendar, a meeting, invite, sent. We're gonna talk. It's like do that type of activity to make sure that you're rubbing all the right elbows as you go up. But to answer your original point, yes. Just have that self confidence, ensure that at the end of the day, regardless of the outcome, I could have a horrible call. I know that I'm still good. Mm. You know, don't let people, especially on your team, try to chop you down and say, Oh, well, you don't have the experience. Nobody had the experience until they had the experience. Don't let that hold you back.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen to that. You know what's so great about that is because I had a bad call today too. Actually, let me take that back. The call was great. What ended up happening was I was sharing my screen and I was like, let's talk about the next opportunities that we could possibly meet together so that you could go on to the best. Well, for us, well, I'll just say it in plain terms, the demo. Right, yep. um, <laughs> the demo, and I pull up my calendar, and it pops on the screen, and I'm forgetting that I'm sharing my screen with them, and I'm just kind of like, you know, putting, you know, a Sis Gong in there. I'm doing like the whole the whole thing, right? And uh, I, you know, and then I remember, like, oh wait, I'm sharing my screen, <laughs> so I moved it. And yeah. funny thing, funny thing, as I went, um, and I don't know if this to really make sense to a lot of people, but I basically put a note there in Gong saying, "Hey, funny thing, I forgot I was sharing my screen there." And I spoke to my manager about it afterwards, and he showed me how to not make that happen again but it was just a funny thing that sometimes you have to give yourself grace sometimes we don't give ourselves grace and that's where the apostle syndrome could come in because it's like oh i gotta get it perfect right now today no no nobody has to get it perfect so a lot of the people that i talk to are now becoming SDRs in the field give yourself grace give yourself grace to learn the position to get acclimated, uh, acclimated. And also one thing that Elijah said is so true. I found Elijah because I listened to a call and he was there and I looked him up and I'm like, Oh, Elijah. Awesome. Like, like I could, I want to reach out to him. And I reached out and he's been a resource ever since. And so don't be afraid to find people, reach out to them. Some people may, may reject you (laughs) honestly. And then some people like Elijah would actually champion you. And so find those people that people that are willing to champion you in this season. So this is this is good stuff that we're talking about. So we're t- we're going through this journey, right? And you're at this place now that you were at, and you decided to. Actually, did, I think we stopped here because there was like a little bit of a uh, oh, you're talking. Yeah. You're talking about the money, and that's where I kind of my brain stopped. We about the I was like, ooh.
1: That, that, that piqued my interest. That was it, man, because it was going so well, mm-hmm. especially once the pandemic hit, right? It was like that button kind of jackpotted. So that really blew up. But as the pandemic kind of weaned down, businesses didn't have to go remote. That's when the stock price started dropping down a little bit. That's when I was like, all right, I cashed out. I have it. I already secured my house. The first property is on Airbnb. Like, that's over. Like, that's done with, right? Accomplished my goal. Now it's like the stock is going the opposite way. How I'm looking around at the company, now, how stable is the, the company, right? VPs are leaving. Once you see like senior leadership leaving, right, I was like, okay, red flag. What the world is going on? Um, and even th- I just felt like the health of the company wasn't really there. Fast forward to today, within the last I think three months or six months, they have had three rounds of layoffs. Right, and I was looking around at that time. And I'm like, damn, it just doesn't seem like there's they have all their stuff together from like a leadership perspective. So like, look up a lot of the time in the companies that you're at, what are the numbers looking like? Are they profitable? Right, when you're interviewing, look at that type of stuff because you would hate to get hired and the company isn't doing well, and now you're one of the last, you're first out because you're one of the last in. Right, think about stuff like that, and that's what I've probably I've overthought. Right, and during that time period, you're talking about sharing things by accident. This is one of the things that had me leave as well. So, look at the culture of everywhere that you're at. There's two different scenarios, and I promise to talk about Freja.
0: Um, no, you're doing great. <laughs> I'm like, this like, my crazy. Dad. Take
1: notes later. It was so crazy because I, I had a team call. So, I, first off, when I got there, I was in direct sales and SMB. So, like anywhere from 10 users, 10 phone users, to 100 I worked. Had a lot of success there. When I first got there, they're like Mr. Consistency, right? Because I was very consistent with all my numbers month after month. Since I was so consistent, we all had the opportunity to switch over to the channel. So channel sales is me working with partners. Say, for instance, ABC Company hires Joe because they want to buy a phone system. They don't want to do it themselves. They'll go through Joe, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the process. That's who I worked. I worked with the Joes of the world. And their sales pitch to us internally was, hey, qualified opportunities. These people will come to you with deals already sold. And it's going to be way easier for you to hit your number. Oh, my God. This is going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. They ended up just flipping an entire team over to the channel. And I was the one person they added on. They're like, "Uh, let's get Eli over here too, right? So I jumped over to the channel. First quarter, no pipeline, no real, like, I don't want to say, well, I'll say it. No real plan to success out of the gate. I was able to do, like by far, the best in the team. Everybody was like, how the hell are you doing it, right? But over time, it really came down to the partners that you are working with. If you had a bad partner, it was very difficult to be consistently successful. These are things you would look into before you switch roles. Trust me. I made the mistake. I said, oh, sounds great. Let's go. I jumped into it in six months, and I'm like, wow, this role is crazy. Like, none of – we're all – Grinding each and every day, have a lot of pressure on us. The point of me mentioning the fact that you're sharing a your screen, we had a team call probably like a year into it, right? Once again, grinding for a year. Everybody's kind of frustrated at the opportunities. My coworker said, hey, man, you made it seem like the leads will be very consistent and that our named partner is me working with Joe specifically for every one of his deals. That's something in which... It was positioned to us once again as it being gravy, right? Not the whole cake, but like the icing on the cake. And he was like, That's what it seems like. It seems like we're depending on these partners, right? What the hell? What, what's going on there? My manager shared his screen without knowing which screen he was sharing. He said, Hey, man, this guy's getting on my FN nerves, blah, blah, blah. Like he, he, it was the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen in my life. Hopefully, he's not listening to the call. What's going on? Uh, so that's something that really opened my eyes. Like, wow, culture is so big. I was like, who in this right mind will say that on a company call? Not even say that, type that, right? Then the person kind of called him out and said, hey, what's going on with that? Proceeded to get cursed out on the call in front of the entire team and said, you haven't done ish in X amount of time. I was just shocked. I went up, talked to my wife, and I was like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm not sure if I'm long for this company. First incident. That's what happened. Second incident, before I went on paternity leave, I have a 14-month-old, right? 14-month-old. And before I went on leave, I had a really big deal in flight. Right at the end of the quarter, they're saying, Eli, you shouldn't be working a deal this size, right? So you have to give it up by the end of the week if you don't close it. I was able to close it, right? I was confident. Got it closed. And (laughs) the, the VP didn't realize that I already had it wrapped up. And he called me after work around like 5 30 6 o'clock and he was like cursing at me in front of a speakerphone in front of my wife I'm like yo this this isn't the type of life that I want to live this is a toxic culture and I'm sorry once again I love great product but at that that time I just didn't want to work there I felt like if your VP is doing this and my manager is getting promoted after you curse somebody out what space do I have? Right? It was very toxic. So think of those couple of things when you go in and you're interviewing What are you doing to build your your, uh, culture, right, in and outside of work? You know, like ask those type of questions to make sure that nothing is a big surprise for you and always ask to try to talk to somebody on the team as opposed to just talking to leadership. Talk to one of the people on the ground that actually work in it every single day because that'll be a clear, non-biased answer because leadership will always spin it to make it seem like all is flowers and grapes. I know that was, was a mouthful. Um, hopefully, I answered your question. I kind of I had know. a
0: lot of. Mm-hmm, here, <laughs> I, I, I had to mute myself because I was I was I was I was being myself for a moment here, and and uh, yeah. we don't need to get all that on the microphone. But <laughs> but, uh, but man, you're you're pulling back the you're peeling pulling back the curtain a little bit on 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 a, and giving people the real honestly. You're giving people the real on how to navigate this space because even though it's that's one thing I want to say even though it is tech, right? Not all tech companies are built the same. Not all tech companies have culture that are are considering the culture, excuse me, that they're trying to build. It sometimes happens by happenstance in some places and in other places it's intentional. And to be honest with you, from what I've seen of my time at Frisia, that's where we both work. It's really been intentional in regards to the culture that they have. Um, And so, You probably know more than I do, but I would say from my experience, thus being there, it's been uh, one of the best cultures that I've personally been a part of, because even though they may, no no place is perfect. but At least they try, you know, versus places where they're like, hey, this is what it is and you have to (laughs) deal with it or the door is right there, you know. So we're going to talk about that for sure, because that is great. And but before I and actually let's talk about that. And then right afterwards. You could go right into talking about Airbnb because you said it just now. You slipped it in uh-huh. there. But I was like, oh, no, because a lot of people that are listening to this, they got into tech not only because of the money it could make for them now, but the money that it could make for their business, their, their yeah. entrepreneurial endeavors, their, 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 their dreams, or their visions, the things that they look to do um, past tech you know, that they could probably bring to their children's children. So like, we're going to go into that. But, but yes, yeah, so you were talking about culture. Can you kind of go a little bit about what type of culture you should look for for somebody that is trying to break into this field?
1: Yeah, once again, I think having a culture of collaboration, having a culture of even doing things like team activities, little small things like that. Because it's, for me, I've been working from home since 2020. It's It's difficult being at home all day. <laughs> Especially if you don't like people that you work with, it's it's very difficult because you'll be isolated very quickly. So that's the big thing. We we do things like happy hours internally now where we all just get something like a wine or a drink or water, whatever it may be. We just talk about everything besides business. And even for me as well, <laughs> everybody I speak to I'm like, hey, if you ever have 30 minutes to talk about things outside of business, Let me know. I'll definitely talk football all day. I'll talk Airbnb all day. I'll just ramble on about housewives, whatever it may be. Housewives for my wife. That's fine. Um, So, like, that's pretty much it at the end of the day, right? Just having the culture, just being open. Having, um, for me, this is an example. When I was looking at that company, I was looking at, you know, are they rated one of the best places to work, right? Um, During my interview process, I would ask what does your coaching look like? What do what your performance plans look like? Who am I reporting to, right? Like, if I didn't hit my number, what is the, how, how are you coaching people to get better? Like, what, do you, what challenges are you seeing internally as a practice, or I keep saying practice because we're selling all the time, as a company? <laughs> like, what, what challenges are you seeing? Like, what does a day in a life look like? Okay, great. As the next step, like what hesitations do you have around me and my fit for the culture? Like those type of questions I would ask because you want to make sure you get as much information as possible because people can BS their way to talk about the culture, right? It's very easy to say, our culture is great. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Even if it is best in class, right? Or you say best in class. Sure. But, yeah, even if it is, you know, best places to work, right? Okay, that's great. Walk me through the process. Who am I reporting to? Because it could be that one manager that's at the company that's rated very high that is going to give you a, a hell experience. So, like, ask about that when you when you say, "Oh, great, looks like I'm on the final steps. Can I please talk to somebody on the team?" Right? Then ask them. Give give me unfiltered, man. like, how is it in the day in my life? Like, what type of metrics are you held to? Because those are little small things that will eat you up too. Because it's great to get into the door. Right. But being an SDR is hard because you have to make 50 dials a day. It's not like 20 calls. Oh, I mean, it's chill. Take a walk. I'll come back. It's a grind. So like you want to talk to people that are in the role each and every day. How much of a grind is it? Because if people are being burnt left and right, burnt out, pushed out, you're like, damn, I'm, I'm in here now. And like you're kind of already in the race at that point. So definitely things that I would look at and keep in mind. And like Joe did, reach out on LinkedIn. Like, see people that are in a similar role and say, hey, I'm considering looking at this role. What do you think? What's your experience like? Get all that information, then make your own decision. Because if the money outweighs it that much, we're like, I don't care about the culture, go do it. Who cares? But if the culture is paramount and you're willing to sacrifice some money in position, that's where the balance comes into play. place. So I'll just keep that in mind.
0: Very good things that he's saying. And, I, and I'm going to actually add a little bit to that. When we're doing calls, sometimes we're calling, we're scrubbing, we're doing emailing. If you set up those blocks to do those different things, great. But sometimes in the midst, you might get information that you got to add to it. So you're doing a little scrubbing as you're calling, you know, or you're like, oh man, this person rejected me. Let me send them an email right now <laughs> saying, hey, I just got the phone with you and things didn't work out. Let me actually show you why this solution could be a problem could be a solu- this software excuse me could be a solution to a problem that you're having at your company and so th- there's there is a lot that goes into that and i'm I'm glad that he kind of alluded to that because people may not give you the whole spiel people may not show you that there's a lot that goes into what we do especially as being a e as he is oh there's a lot um so yeah. Let's transition to the fun stuff. Let's talk Airbnb for a bit. And then we're we'll get into the mindset as we wrap it up. But like let's go into that Airbnb stuff because people are like, hey, hey, he said that. How does how does tech influence how does tech influence
1: your Airbnb business? Yeah, I just think back at the time, it was even previous to go back when I was at that that family owned company in Charlotte. Um, when I first moved down to Charlotte, I'm like, what in the world? I don't know anybody out here, right? And I'm in sales all day. I'm knocking on doors, handing out pamphlets, trying to sell people stuff. Don't wanna be out after work trying to, you know, befriend people all day. I was like, I'm already talked out, right? And to be honest with you, probably doesn't come across, I am an introvert, right? <laughs> so like, I don't wanna sit here and put myself out there all day. So it was tougher for me when I first moved down. I'm like, what can I do? So even before I got into like Airbnb, I created, I started doing photography. So I do like portrait photography. I do drone photography as well. That's like my hobby. In addition to having my own clothing brand, so I created all of that before I got to Ring Central. Wasn't able to invest in it crazy because once again, it takes a little bit of money getting the equipment, buying the drone, all that good stuff. Um, once I was able to get to Ring Central, that's when I was able to invest a little bit more into like my brand and my my equipment, as an example, right? So um, that for me was like the first step in doing something for me, right? It was not really work-related, right? Of course, money is great. But for me, just creatively, it was something that was a great outlet for me, especially being in sales and being in tech. It could be a grind at times. So it's a lot of hard work that goes into it. So being able to have my own photography, my own like the drone business has been great for me. But once again, about a year, two years into being at- pandemic happens, we're able to get, I think every quarter, we're, we're granted X amount of shares, right? Every quarter. And based on that, we, we bought the shares at a 10% discount as well, every single paycheck. So the margin was there automatically. Even if the stock like stagnated, I'll still get some money, from it, right? But imagine the 10% discount with the stock jumping up as much as it did during the pandemic. So I was able to cash out um, a, a pretty good amount, a pretty good amount. And I was looking back at the conversations I had with my wife because our whole, our whole process was to get another property for an investment property since we moved down to Charlotte. Well, I wouldn't say that. Since we got our first house, right? So after the first house, we're looking at, you know, the $150,000 price range to two hundred k. looking for like a three-bedroom. And once we're going in the pandemic, once again, I had this salary to we'll make over six figures like three years in a row. I have I have it. I, was like, I have it and I'm I have the cash on hand because I just cashed out. So I was able to use like my the credit, the cash on hand, and I was able to put that down on a, on a new um, a new build, right? So we moved here in, in November of 2020 while I was on paternity leave, which is crazy. So that really allowed me to put the house that we're already living in on Airbnb and I have like a great location right by the motor speedway. If you ever come to Charlotte, let me know. Um, right by UNC, UNC Charlotte, the PNC Music Pavilion. So it was a great location for me. But once again, having the cash on hand because I was working at a tech company. Like even if I take the stock out, if you can look at that as like, all right, man, that's so random, right? Time and place type of thing. I was making good money once again when I was at Staples and I was 23. They're like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm probably, I'm not going to be here forever. I want to be able to make six figures. I was like, my my goal is make six figures before I'm 28. They're like, oh, where are they really? like, yeah, man. Meanwhile, I'm 23, right? I was like, yeah, I can do it. I can definitely do that, man. I like, oh, okay, great. Left Staples then. I completed the journey. Once I got to, uh, so that gave me the, the salary and the consistent commission that I earned was really the big factors, right? If you can get some cash on your, cash in your pocket, okay, yeah, that's good. But they want to see that you have some, some uh, income spread over the period of time. So that allowed me to get to the Airbnb. And the first year we put it on, Um, made around like 40K, right? That's like a little side hustle. And I think this year we're in the process of making around like 50, a little over 50. So trying to keep that consistent because I really evaluated with my wife. Okay, it doesn't make sense for us to sell, right? And get 200K. Oh my God, that's fantastic, right? Okay, versus us making 50 a year for 10 years. We're like, it just doesn't make sense to sell even with that, the property that i have right now we bought it close around like 320 right um, i can sell it now for i think up to 600,000. but it's like do we move do we move yes yeah, so like weighing once again the cost just like just like how you're weighing looking at a job right the culture weigh all that stuff out to make sure it makes sense because i will tell you every job that i left my family my mom my friends said don't leave that job when I was moving out my house to get this new property and put my house on Airbnb, they said, it's the pandemic. Don't do that. That's a bad decision. Everything that happened in my life, people will say, Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Have that self-belief and work hard that things will work itself out.
0: That is so good. Have that self-belief that things will work out. And you know, what's so funny, we're actually pivoting right now to the brain which is the mentality that you need to have to get where you are right now. And I think that may be it. I mean, you want to elaborate on what do you think would sum up the mentality that a person needs to have to go through all that you've gone through and to be where you are right now?
1: I would say a grinder, man. You got to be able to grind and work hard. Um, <laughs> I always laugh about this now because I'm out of it. I kind of like stepped away from it, but, when I was in outside sales back in Albany, New York, getting like doors slammed in my face, me walking through my shoes, sweating through my shirts, going door to door to door, I had this in mind. I had like, I can get there. Nobody's going to stop me progressing to get to this point. Like I am on a mission. If you have that, you'll be fine. Cause you'll work like any obstacle that comes, cool, we can navigate it, you'll be fine. But if you have self-doubt, you're like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. That'll just drag you down. I have like, even in college, I just, I, I'm going to be successful. I know it. I know it. I'm going to work hard. I know it. I don't care what type of job that it is. It could be a, a garbage man. I want to be the best garbage man possible. I think that mentality really helped me get to the point. But also, like, one of the biggest things, this, it was probably a throwaway line from my coworkers that still stuck me like to this day. She says that I know enough to know what I don't know. And I was like, What? She said it, and I looked at her like, that doesn't make any damn sense what you're talking about. (laughs) Like, six months later, a year later, I'm like, damn, that, that is a really good point because people, for some reason, after they get to a certain point, they're like, ah, he's only that. I would never listen to him. You know, they feel like they know everything about it, and I've always felt this way. I'm like, All it takes, nobody's really smart, nobody's smarter than me, right? It could be a scientist. They just took time to learn. I could be, I could do anything that I want. I could be a pilot in six weeks. I'll just take the class. (laughs) I'll get the certification. I'll be, I can literally do anything that I want. So like that mentality, that's what I'll keep top of mind, front of mind. Even me looking at leadership, I'm like, okay, I could do that. I I can do whatever. I could be a CEO. Like It's not out of the realm of possibilities. I think that is the mindset that I've always had and have that continual mindset of improvement. How can I get better? How can I get, and take the ego out of it? Like, I tell people all the time, if I suck, tell me I suck. Like, don't sugarcoat. Because once people start sugarcoating you, you'll be, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine until you're fired, until you're pushed out of the door every single opportunity
0: hey family it's joseph here again now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life i actually want to introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it truly is recession proof and that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed- education in cybersecurity. And get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description. And use my promo code, Joseph10. That's right. Use my promo code, Joseph 10, in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses, and change
1: your life today. Um, I can go on longer, man. I'm I'm telling you. I'm just just glad I muted myself. (laughs) "Mm, Yes. Ah, all (laughs) All that going on
0: in the background. You heard that from Elijah. He says grind because you don't know what's coming on the other side of that grind. You, you have to be able to be a student, a lifelong student, and realize that it is in the realm of possibility. Like, as Elijah said, it is in the realm of possibility. You're watching this right now because you believe that breaking into tech, that, that be able to secure generational income for your family um, by doing different ventures such as Airbnb or different other business ventures, this is a grind to get to that place. And trust me, I just got in here and I have a long way to go. <laughs> I have a long way to go. And I know Elijah feels the same way about himself. He has a long way to go to get where he wants to go. And the people that we may admire, they're like, I just broke through to where I feel like I need I needed 20 more years to my life to get where I need to go, right? Yeah. We are all in different places. And so we need to grind because we never know on the other side of that grind where it's going to lead us. And, and it's not out the realm of possibility. This is so good, Elijah. This is really good, and I'm so glad to have you on with me as we are taking this time yeah, to thank just... you. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I know they're gonna drop it in the comment section. I'm gonna put Elijah's LinkedIn if he was cool with that, <laughs> I could put it in the show yeah, uh show him some love, hit him up um and 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 just show him some love, and tell him thank you for taking the time to speak with us today and like always, you know this is about growth for us all and and i'm so glad that he's on this on this journey with us and he was able to share his 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 place in life everything he was able to share was amazing it really was amazing thank so God. fantastic thank you thank you again man i appreciate it so, so that is it again we look forward i look forward to seeing you on the other side take care family